Good morning. Happy Easter. Thank you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. But do you know, in the 18th century, there was a man called Gilbert West, and he didn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And he thought Christianity was an absolute fraud. So he decided that he would write a book to disprove the resurrection, because if you can disprove the resurrection, you can disprove Christianity. And halfway through his book, he met Jesus. And he wrote his book, The Other Way Around. I've got one of the original copies. Here it is. It's incredible. I've, I've dipped into most of it. Really inspiring. In the 19th century, there was a famous atheist in America called Engelsoll. And he didn't like the fact that Christianity was spreading. And he had a very uh, famous friend who was a general in the American army called Lou Wallace. And he said to his friend, could he write a book against Christianity, disproving the resurrection? And so Lou Wallace said, yes, of course. So he began to write his book. He got to chapter four and he met Jesus. And so he wrote his book, The Other Way Around. His book is called Ben-Hur. In the 20th century, there was a lawyer and a journalist called Frank Morrison. He decided that he would disprove the resurrection and therefore discredit Christianity. He was a journalist, so he knew how to investigate and get material and get the facts. But he was also a lawyer, so he knew how to fiddle with the information. (laughs) But he got halfway through his book... And he met Jesus, and he wrote his book the other way round. His book is called Who Moved the Stone. You can buy that off Amazon if you want to. If you're in a hurry to become a Christian, just try and disprove the resurrection. (laughs) I've spoken in 102 universities around the world, and uh, many students, uh, all the questions are all the same everywhere I go. But one of them is, why Jesus? Why Jesus? Listen, if you're walking down a street, you get to the end of the street. The street branches into two. You don't know which way to go. Left, right. I don't know. There are two men lying there. One's dead, one's alive. Which one would you ask for directions? Jesus Christ is alive. And because he is alive, his resurrection authenticates everything that he said and everything that he did. Let me read to you from the Bible. Oh, does your Bible not do this? Jesus is the light of the world. 
And he's the light of the world. You know, if you read the Bible, you'll read that he's portrayed to us and presented to us in so many different ways so that different people from different backgrounds can understand. He's the light of the world so that electricians can understand. He's the bread of life so that bakers can understand. He's the water of life so that plumbers can understand. He's the firstborn so that pediatricians can understand. He's the chief cornerstone so that architects can understand. He's the morning star so that astronomers can understand. He's the hidden treasure so that bankers can understand. He's the life so that biologists can understand. He's the door so that carpenters can understand. He's the great physician so that doctors and nurses can understand. He's the good teacher so that educators can understand. He's the lily of the valley so that florists can understand. He's the rose of Sharon so that gardeners can understand. He's the rock of ages so that geologists can understand. He's the true vine so that horticulturalists can understand. He's the bridegroom so that wedding planners can understand. (laughs) He's the righteous one so that judges can understand. He's the advocate so that lawyers can understand. He's the judge so that criminals can understand. He's the pearl of great price so that jewelers can understand. He's wisdom so that philosophers can understand. He is the wonderful counsellor so that psychotherapists can understand. He is the word so that actors can understand. He's the shepherd so that farmers can understand. He's the captain so that those in the army and navy can understand. He's the Alpha and the Omega, so that scientists can understand. He's the wind, so that the weathermen can understand. He's the way, so that traffic wardens can understand. He's the deliverer, so that postmen can understand. He's the mediator, so those in the United Nations can understand. He is the line of Judah, so that zookeepers can understand. He's the lamb, so that vets can understand. He's the resurrection, so that undertakers can understand. He's the rider on the white horse, so that jockeys can understand. He's the indescribable gift, so that shoppers can understand. He's the king of kings, so that royalty can understand. He is the truth, so that politicians can understand. Jesus is the one. Because of Easter, because of Good Friday, because of Easter Day, because of this, we can know a number of things. The first thing that we can know is that you and I are lovable. We're lovable. Listen to what the Bible says. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we 
might live through him. I like the story of a little girl that was asleep in bed uh, during the night. And in the middle of the night, there was uh, lightning and thunder. The mother woke up concerned about her little girl, thought, I better go and check on her. So she goes to her bedroom, opens the door. The little girl is sitting by the windowsill, window open, looking out of the window. The mother goes, what are you doing? It's the middle of the night. How can you be looking out of the window with all this lightning and thunder? The little girl said, Mummy, I think God's trying to take my photo. <laughs> Do you know something? Many of us need to discover that childlike faith and understanding that actually God really does love us. You see, that love was demonstrated for each one of us when Jesus died on the cross on Good Friday. If you read the Gospels in the New Testament about the life of Jesus, you read about different encounters that Jesus had. And one day, Jesus got a message that a little girl was not well. Would he visit her? He said, yes, of course. And he's traveling from one place to another. He's with his, his disciples, and he's walking through these narrow streets. And of course, people are hearing, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. So more and more people are coming out. It gets very crowded. It gets very, very congested. All of a sudden, Jesus stops, and he says, who touched me? Now, just imagine, right, there's you and a friend, you're walking into a, you know, a huge theatre for a concert, thousands of people are going in, and all of a sudden your friend turns around and says, who touched me? It's like, I wouldn't worry about it. You know, it's like when there's a lot of people, there's always a little bit of elbow. Don't worry about it. You see, Jesus goes, who touched me? Now, I can imagine the disciples going, oh, Lord. I mean, look, come on. It's not as if you've got a wallet and you're going to lose it, is it? Can you not chill out about this one? Jesus said, who touched me? Eventually, this woman comes out and she says, I touched you. And he said, why did you touch me? Now, I, I honestly believe he knew the answer, but he just wanted her to, to articulate it. And, and she says, well, I, I've got this problem. It's a woman's problem, and no one could help me. And I heard about you, Jesus, and I thought if I reached out and just touched the hem of your garment, just the hem of your garment, I knew something would happen. And Jesus said, did it happen? Oh, yes, it did. Oh, yes, it did. So obviously she had a sort of a problem that became very obvious. Straight away, she's cured. The amazing thing about that story is the crowd was following Jesus. But Jesus stopped the whole crowd for one woman. You see, this is the Jesus that we are talking about. The Jesus that stops for us. Now, we can't get our head around that. We're thinking, goodness, how's that possible? I mean, there's 1,000, over 1,500 people here, just in here. How's that possible? Listen, 
you, you, don't, you can't figure God out. If you and I could figure him out, he would be the same as my little mind. Therefore, he wouldn't be worth believing in. You know, this is the, the Jesus that can just stop and he's got your attention and he wants to look at you. He wants to look at you in the eyes. This is the Jesus that we're talking about. If you have a health concern or you're concerned about the health of someone you love who may not be here, put your hand now on your heart. This is either to represent yourself or to represent someone else. Just put your hand on your heart. Jesus, we're asking you now, as the great physician, to release your healing presence. We know that you're always concerned about the things that concern us. And we pray, Jesus, just as you healed that woman, that you would heal us. We're asking you now, heal us in body, mind, and spirit. Cleanse us from all sickness and infection and disease. Where there has been any kind of degeneration, we pray for regeneration and we pray for restoration. And we pray that you would give us a tangible sign of your healing at work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Seriously, I'm going to be praying over these next few days that each of us that prayed that we will see a sign of his healing this week. I'm going to be praying that with much expectation. And, and I'd encourage you every now and again, put your hand on your heart as a way of saying, Jesus, I'm expecting you to heal me and I'm believing for it. Because of Easter, we know that we are lovable. Secondly, because of Easter, we know that we're valuable. We're not only lovable, but we're actually valuable. Again, listen to what the Bible says. Jesus said this, look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable than they are. You see, if we weren't valuable, then Jesus wouldn't have done what he did for us. It's because we're valuable and he values us and he loves us that he did what he did. I've got in my pocket here a brand new 20 pound note. Okay, it's one of these nice, you know, they're clean and crisp and new. It's kind of it's nice to have these ones, isn't it? And, it, and it's worth 20 pounds. Okay, now, of course, this has all been beautifully cleaned, but we've all walked in from the outside and we've brought in stuff on our shoes. Okay, so I'm just going to put a bit of uh, dirt and debris on this, like this. This is probably illegal standing on the Queen, <laughs> but, but she's a Christian, so she is actually, and uh, so I'm sure that's all right. Yep, I can see a little bit of dirt on it. Right, a moment ago this was clean and crisp, but it was worth £20. Now it's got some dust and dirt on it, and it hasn't lost its value. It's still worth £20. But it's a crisp £20 note, okay? So let's scrunch it up. Okay, now we've got a scrunched up £20 note. 
A moment ago, it was clean and crisp, but it was worth £20. It then got some dirt on it. It didn't lose its value. It's still worth £20. It's now all creased and scrunched up, and it hasn't lost its value. It doesn't matter how dirty and how creased you think your life is, you've never lost your value in God's eyes. You are lovable, you are valuable. And because of Easter, you are and I am forgivable. We are forgivable. Again, listen to the Bible. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's what Good Friday is all about. There was a famous artist. He went back to the very small rural community where he was born and brought up. And he's just walking around some of the stores and he looks at this antique shop and he looks in the window, cannot believe what he sees. He sees in the window one of his masterpieces. Now, it was a painting that he had painted years before he was famous, but it was his. The frame was broken. The picture was scratched and dirty. But he couldn't go into the antique shop and say to the manager, hey, that's my painting. Give it back to me. If he wanted it back, he had to buy it back before he could clean it before he could restore it and before he could reframe it. That is what Jesus did on the cross on Good Friday. Jesus Christ bought us back. Why? Because we were broken. We were dirty. We were scratched. We, we're, we, if we're all, that's the truth. We're all dirty, we're all scratched, we're all broken. The Bible word for that is sin, trespass, iniquity, guile. Those are the Bible words for it. The modern words are, we're broken, we're scratched, we're dirty. And Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. You see, because all that dirt, all that sin, works a bit like an overdraft in a bank account. And if you have an overdraft, I have an overdraft, you can't help me, I can't help you. The only one who can help us is someone in credit. Jesus was the only one in credit. And Jesus came into this world not to rub it in, but to rub it out. And he died on the cross because by dying on the cross, it was as if he was cashing a check signed with his own blood to say, here is the check to clear your overdraft. Listen, you can be forgiven. Every single one of us can be forgiven for the past. And when we're forgiven from the past, we can release the past and not allow the past to dictate the future. You and I can experience that. All we have to do is to go via King's Cross. 
You can have it, but you've got to go via King's Cross. You know you can't get it via Peterborough. <laughs> I know Peterborough's a hub and you, all sorts of connections, but if you want it, you're going to have to go via King's Cross. If you're willing to go via the cross of the King, you will experience love and value and forgiveness that will blow your mind and experience. Because of Easter, we're lovable. We know we're lovable. We've always been lovable, but because of Easter, we know we're lovable. We're valuable. We are forgivable. And fourthly, because of Easter, we know that we are capable. Capable. There's, um, when I was a student in London, I was an agnostic. And uh, I met a Christian and over a year, he introduced me to Christianity. And then he showed me in the last book of the Bible, uh, in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. And it says this, Jesus stands outside of a door of a house knocking. And it says this, if you hear the knock, open the door, let Jesus in. And my friend Andy said to me, he read this to me, he said, have you heard Jesus knocking? I said, I think so. He said, have you opened the door? I said, where's the door? Where's the door? He said, don't worry about where the door is. Just ask Jesus to break the door down. <laughs> so I did. I did. 9th of February, 1975, I said, Jesus, I, I think it's you that's knocking on my door. And I don't even know where the door is. But wherever that door is, I didn't even know how to open the door. Could you break the door down and come into my life? Come in. And when I said that, the light came on. The light came on. I knew the light came on. I, and, and I felt this warmth and I felt this cleansing in me. I just felt it. I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't know the words, but I knew something was happening. The next day, I knew things were different. My mother said to me, you're brainwashed. I said, mum, my brain has been washed. If you only knew, mum, what was in my brain, you'd be pleased it got washed. <laughs> My mum didn't know what was in my brain. I tell you, it was worth watching. <laughs> you see, what happened was this. When I opened the door, he came in. You see, after Jesus died, rose from the dead, he said to his disciples, boys, I'm now going to go back to heaven. And they said, oh, no, 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 don't go, don't go. And he said, no, no, it's better if I go. They're like, what do you mean it's better? He said, if I go back to heaven, I will send my Holy Spirit. And my Holy Spirit will come and live in you. Be resident in you, in you. So my presence will be in you. And that's the same presence that raised Jesus from the dead. Will come and live in you. And that's what happened to me on the 9th of February, 1975. See, that's what happened to all these people that got baptised 
this morning. They opened the door. They experienced his power. They experienced his presence. We are never alone. Never alone. And that's what Pastor Dave's sermon series kicks off next Sunday. Never alone. He's, I'm going to... It's like we're doing tag preaching. I'm gonna, he's picking up on that bit and that's what he's going to be teaching on. And I'm going to look forward. I can't be here in person, but I'll tell you this. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to download them and listen to them. Come back and hear about. We can live life with God, never alone, because we can be empowered by his spirit. And Dave will teach what, what the Holy Spirit will do in our lives. There was an ice factory that caught fire. Yeah, I know. And they had to call the fire brigade. And they had to call the fire brigade even though they had all the H2O they needed to put the fire out. But the problem was all its assets were frozen. <laughs> when you've got God living in you, you honestly, the, the assets thaw out the assets that God has put in there thaw out and you become a channel of grace and love and blessing to other people. Now, some of us today, some of us this morning, this Easter morning, we've heard the knock and we, it's time to open the door and let him in. It's time. Others of us have already done that We've opened the door. Come on in. Now, when we say come on in, where does he go? Do we open a cupboard and go, get in there? You see, some people like to have Jesus a bit like a parachute. It's nice to have it in case you may need it one day, but you really don't want to have to use it. You know, listen. Jesus has to be resident and he has to be president. And the Bible says, do not grieve the presence of Jesus, the presence of his Holy Spirit. Do not quench, do not resist. And so what we have to do is to invite him into every area of our life, every room, basement, attic, kitchen, bedroom, sitting room, and say, I want you to reign and rule in my life. I don't just want you to be resident. I want you to be president. And when you say that, his Holy Spirit in us produces love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. And we need all those for life for relationships, for everything. This Easter, we know, we know we're lovable, we're valuable, we are forgivable. And with the empowerment of his spirit, we are capable. Some of us this morning need to let Jesus in for the first time, open the door let him in. Others of us need to say, oh, I know he's been resident, but he's not really been president. 
And today, you need to say, I want you to be president. I want you to reign over my life from this day on. What I'm going to ask you to do now is, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. You don't have to close your eyes. But just to have a moment of quiet reflection. And I want you to think about what you've seen and experienced and heard this morning. And some of you know you have to do this this morning. You know that. Some of you have come and you're very curious by what you've seen and what you've heard. And you're saying, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've got lots and lots of questions. Well, we want to ask you to make a different commitment. Why don't you come as a guest of this church and do the Alpha course like millions of other people? Just come and do it like many of those people who got baptised. Come and do it as your way of saying, I'm going to investigate further. And then all those of you that would like to say, yes, I want to open the door. I want to let him in. I want him to be president. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'll pray it once so you know the words. The second time I pray the prayer, pray it out loud with me. And if you love Jesus and just want to reinforce your own prayer, join in with us as we pray that prayer. And then I will say a prayer for you. Would you just close your eyes for a moment? Don't think about other people. Just take this moment as a sacred moment between you and God. If you want to let him in, if you want to make him president, then pray this prayer. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. I bow before you now. I bow before you now. I come just as I am. I come just as I am. I know I have done many things wrong. I know I have done many things wrong. And I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse my life. Cleanse my life. Set me free from the past. Set me free from the past. I open the door of my life now. I open the door of my life now. Come in by your Holy Spirit. Come in by your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power, your presence, and your peace. Fill me with your power, your presence, your peace. I want you to be resident and president. I want you to be resident and president. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen.